Friends, welcome in to season two of Antioch Tulsa's Relational Values Podcast. My name is Austin, and I got my guy Grant in studio today. Welcome. Thank you. Well, I guess Glad it's to be here. not today. It's evening for sure. Uh, how you feeling today? Feeling good. Good. You ready win? to go? You win a life today. I'm a winner always. <laughs> Let's go. See, I adulted. I went to work, and I That's right. fed myself, and now I'm here. <laughs> Uh, no longer have parents feeding me. The worst. Uh-huh. Does your mom still yeah, say I got, you I got roommates feeding me dinner. Ooh. Yeah, we, we had a roommate dinner and Gabe came over. Did you really? Yeah. Hey, do your parents still send you, like, care packages? No. Oh. They never did that. For real? <laughs> wow. I was at a school that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you were at A&M. It's kind of the same thing. Anywho, Grant, welcome, man. Glad you're here, man. Thanks. Hey, if you're visiting with us, uh, this is your first time checking out the pod. Welcome. Want to encourage you to go listen to season one. We're breaking down uh, John 17 uh, through these six relational values that we see in the life of Jesus, where as we've been planting this church, Antioch, Tulsa, our desire is to be one with the Father, one with each other, and reflect Jesus to a hurting and broken world. And so the relational values are essentially roadmaps helping us kind of see Jesus, how he related, and really embody his lifestyle. And so Grant's here to kind of share his story a little bit. And so thanks for coming in. Yeah. Um, Before we get into it, can you kind of give us a a brief recap, kind of where you're at in life and how you got connected to Antioch Tulsa? Absolutely. Yeah. So I graduated from Texas A&M about a year ago. Gigum. Gigum, that's right. Um, Went to uh, College Station Antioch for uh, pretty much the whole four years that I was there. Um, so that's kind of how I got introduced to the Antioch movement. Um, and, uh, after I graduated, I felt led by God to, um, go on mission overseas for a few months to Turkey. And then immediately after, um, I felt led by God to accept a job in Coffeyville, Kansas, working as a, a process engineer at a large fertilizer manufacturing plant, um, and so I've been there for almost a full year now, which is crazy to think. Playing with pesticides? Not quite. <laughs> not, not playing? Nah. Uh, <laughs> Making sure it all works right. <laughs> That's right. Making sure the peeps can eat. Man, I'm impressed. Grant, he drives up to work almost an hour one way every day. And trooper like a Suzu for sure, man. Mm-hmm. Way to go. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I got connected to Antioch Tulsa. Um, I actually found out about it after I got back to the States uh, from my trip. Okay. Um, I had found it somewhere on a podcast that had been, or a recording, actually, of a sermon from Antioch Fayetteville that had been posted online somewhere. <laughs> uh, was it me preaching? No, I preached no, one it, Sunday no, up it was, there. It was Mitch. Oh, Mitchell, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mitchell Welch, and uh, he, yeah. It, it was him preaching, just saying, hey, these are our new Antioch neighbors. I like it to go. Yeah, and so uh, I found out about Austin and Robin through that, and uh, I emailed Austin and said, hey, like, here's in one paragraph of my story. This is, I want to get I connected to I do remember that. I do remember that. Uh, and he was like, dude, let's go, and he sent me a meme. Let's go. <laughs> or a GIF or something like that. A and, meme or a GIF, man. Uh-huh. Yep. That's how we communicate. Yep. And uh, so that's how I got connected. Went to, uh, I think my first life group was y'all's third ever meeting. Yeah, you were there from the beginning, man. Yeah. Um, so got connected pretty quick. Praise God for that. That's awesome, dude. So we started rolling out life group. Uh, mm-hmm. You Being here from the beginning has kind of been nice. Like, 
yeah. kind of feel like you're a part of it. Yeah. It's been awesome. It feels like God's planning. I really enjoy getting to know you a little bit and hearing some of the story of hey, this internal calling to not just live on mission, but be a part of planting churches and how you're getting to do that as an engineer is fascinating. Yeah. It's really like, wow, God, you're really smart. It's really a blessing getting to do both things at the same time. Yeah. Like I never really planned to do that. That was just <laughs> God's sovereignty in my life, allowing me to do that. Uh, turns out he's pretty good at it. Yeah. Cool, man. So it's probably November, I think, when we started talking about the culture class. Uh, what were your initial impl- initial thoughts when we were like, hey, we're going to do this culture class and want you to be a part? Were you like, gung-ho, let's do it? Or was it kind of like, we'll see how this goes? Uh, initially, I thought I was like, oh, this seems a little bit strange, <laughs> like a, a culture class, but... At the same time, I, I think I understood in my heart the concept of building a community of faith yeah. and building a, a culture that, that values um, different things that the kingdom of God values. Yeah. And so I, in my heart, I was on board with it immediately and wanting to get into it and see kind of what God had spoken to you and Robin and the rest of the crew about. <laughs> Um, because that's not a typical way to start no, a church plant, as, no. I, as I understand. Yes, we, yes, hasn't been typical, but we are about to have a website. That's right. It's Let's been go. a year, and now we're going to be like varsity that's website. Right. Here we go. Okay, so you get into to culture class. Uh, mm-hmm. You'd heard the relational values a little bit, but tell me a little bit of like, hey, when was maybe the first aha moment for you where one of them really like was convicting and really started challenging you? Well, actually, the most uh, convicting night that I remember was kind of the kickoff night. Um, (laughs) Your whole talk about Jesus just being so connected and one with the Father all the time. Book of John. Everything that he experienced in life and how he related to his disciples was filtered through his oneness with the Father. And then I, I feel like that's been the most impactful thing, at least from the culture class. So that was even before any of the values were introduced. Bro, that is so right on. The idea that at any given moment, it was a delight for Jesus to commune with the Father. And like, he mm-hmm. really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I try and apply that to my life. And I'm like, wow, I just ignore God 20, yeah. 23 hours a day. 100%. <laughs> okay. But so that kicks it off. Tell yeah, me. so that kicks it off. Then uh, we start off with a bang, hopeful expectation. Yes. Um, I, I feel like that uh, has been... Real quick, define hopeful expectation or like sure. kind of in, in your own words. Yeah, so I was thinking about it today. So I, my thoughts on this, faith is the essence of hopeful expectation. Okay. That's just a synonym. That's all it is. It's just faith. Yes. It's just a way to experience living by faith, not mm-hmm. just this like intellectual agreement in our heart that Jesus is who he says he is, but it's, it's a way for us to filter our life through living by faith in God. Yeah, like he's always going. Yeah, all he's the time. always working. Yes, in us, around us, people in front of us. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so I was kind of writing down some thoughts, and I was just rolling some, with some different ideas. I said... It's betting on the power of God and rolling the dice. <laughs> <laughs> All sevens. Yeah, that's the right. Table. <laughs> um, but yeah, essentially, yeah, that's what hopeful expectation is. It's just living by faith. Okay, so how did this like this hit you mm-hmm. right out the gate? How did that kind of play out for you? 
Yeah. Um, so you guys kind of gave us the challenge um, to really dive into scripture mm-hmm. and see how Jesus was challenging his own disciples in these areas. Um, and there are some just different recommended texts and stuff that we read and stuff that I had read on my own out of John. That was kind of the book that I, that I picked to read for yep. um, this semester, if you will. And um, so I, I felt like the verse that perfectly captured the heart of hopeful expectation was from John eleven forty, And it says, then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe you will see the glory of God? What? Like when I read that, that was from, so that's from the story of Lazarus being yeah. raised from the dead. That's and so, awesome, man. so somebody asked, is this not the guy who healed the blind man? He healed his, he, he gave him his sight back. If he had been here earlier, Wouldn't could he? he not have saved Lazarus from dying? Yes. And Jesus's response after another couple dialogues is, did I not tell you? If you believe, you'll see the glory of God. That's literally the filter that goes through my mind every single day when I wake up now. Wow, dude. That's just so because that, that one verse just hitting me, that's Jesus' personal challenge in my life. Yes. When I wake up, did I not tell you? Yes. If you believe, you will see the glory of God. So John 11. <laughs> yep. So John 11. We still got you. Headphones. Headphones yeah. are still working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, there's just some some different ways that uh, that was probably the most challenging value for me to live out. Yeah. Or the the one that I that I feel like I struggled the most with in the last year, but also found the most powerful breakthrough and testimonies in. So tell me a little bit. How has that impacted work, relationships, friendships? Absolutely. Um, because I had felt God's leading so strongly in my life to point me in the direction of where I went after college, initially for the first probably six to eight months after I moved, I was so confused Okay, about God. Why, <laughs> why did you send me to this faraway place where I knew nobody? And So just for context, how far are you driving up from where you were living to work? Just so people can oh, understand. Man. I don't think anyone knows Coffeeville, Kansas. Yeah, I was living in Bartlesville for a little while. That's that's about forty miles from Coffeeville, Kansas, um, and then another forty-five minutes on the weekends for culture class. Yeah, so you're, um, if you're driving forty minutes north to work, and yeah. then forty minutes south to church. Yep, and then you just recently moved into Tulsa. Yep, yep, just moved to North Tulsa with Matt Diller. And so now it's a longer drive to work. That's a longer one. A little bit um, shorter. Yeah, so I've I probably put twenty five to 30,000 miles on my car in the last year. <laughs> Let's go. Okay, so but that's beside the point. So six to eight months, yeah. there's this kind of fog of confusion. Yeah, just a huge fog of confusion in which God allowed me to express all of my confusion to him. Okay. And not be judged by it. Let's go. <laughs> But for him to just kind of filter through all of my emotion mm-hmm. and just be like, there are still kingdom values that I've called you to live out no matter where you are and what you are called to do. Wow. Like there are still kingdom practices, spending time in the word, memorizing scripture, mm-hmm. praying, 
being a part of community and searching for and building unity. Yeah, totally. Like those are all things that can be practiced, sharing the gospel. All of those things can be practiced daily, despite whether you feel like you know the walk that God has called you to in your current moment. And that was so hard for me to to take hold of Hmm. and to believe God that, yes, he has called me to be in this place for whatever amount of time. Yes. And still hold on to to that faith. Um, And so there was one night uh, where I I was just kind of feeling helpless. God, I don't know what I'm doing. What do you say to this? And he was just kind of rebuking me for my faith. Like, (laughs) where's your faith? Don't you believe that, like, I have my hand over your life and I know what I'm doing? And that night I had a friend uh, who I'd met at a church in Bartlesville who texted me saying, can we get dinner, please? And I was like, great, I need friends. Yes. <laughs> like, let's go, God's providing. So I went and got sushi with him and uh, got to talking with him, kind of got to hear some of his spiritual background and his experience with God. He had been saved at a little revival session thing several years ago and then immediately joined the military, got into drinking and party cool. scene and women and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Um, he had never really learned how to be a disciple. He, no one had ever really taught him how to live out his faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just kind of was like, okay, God, I feel like you just gave me the perfect at bat. <laughs> yeah, totally. Take swing, home run, easy to ask him like, Hey, do you want to learn how to be a disciple? Let's go. Um, so, uh, we get to talking and we, we probably met up for about two months or so. Um, just going through the book of John together because he'd never read the Bible. Wow. Um, just seeing him read these stories that feel like they've been so basic and integral to my life for so many years. I'm mm. like, how has someone not heard this? But it's like way more common than you'd think just because of you know, the bubble and the culture that yeah. we get caught up in. Totally. We, we kind of feel like everyone knows it because of the people that we associate ourselves with. But just God showing me, like, I'm on the move. There are people that want to know me and obey me totally. right around you. Just open your eyes. Where is your faith? It's almost like, like I hear you saying, like, our ability to capture hopeful expectation and that concept of faith is almost thrown off by our need to understand questions that God's not answering right now. Yeah. He's like, love this dude. Yeah. And go to work. I'm moving. And you're like, well, what about this? You're like, no, no, I'm right here. Stop going over here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was the cycle. <laughs> uh, he's so good and gentle uh, at that. But yes, very, very gentle and merciful. Yeah. Uh, so, so things like that that have really a hopeful expectation sounds like it's really giving you language for like centering yourself on him. Yeah, centering myself on him. And really, faith is probably the and, word that. And giving me the the platform to understand how important obedience is to the value of obedience. Yeah, absolutely. You've made some pretty courageous obedient choices the last 12 months. Thank you. Kind of changed your whole life. Yeah, Yeah, really did. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay. So hopeful expectation. Was there another one that kind of hit this uh, over the the course of the last five months? Another value? Yeah. uh, Courageously together. Um, 
I, I wrote down a, a few different verses that I, I think were really impactful in helping me understand what this value was. Um, so the first one that I wrote down is from John 17. That's that's the chapter we we've been praying through and hoping for. Totally. Um, in the last year, and um, there's a verse that's just really stuck out to me, and it says, "I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I and them, and you and me." so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. <laughs> You're like, wait, what? Oh. The Jesus again? mic drops are just, <laughs> it's so intense. <laughs> but just what stuck out to me was that, was that Jesus gave the church the glory that the Father gave him. Wild. He gave us his glory to hold. Oh, that is wild, man. And it's our job to steward it, to mm-hmm. steward his glory so that the church can be brought to complete unity. Yes. And without doing that, like no one can know who he is. Totally. That's that's literally the filter. That's like our theology is through unity as the church people will know who Jesus was. It's wild. So bickering and complaining is a good strategy for... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not that. Yeah. Like, it's just crazy to me because, I mean, if you look at church history for the last 100 years or 200 years and see all, all of the division that's happened between all the different sects of religion and Catholic church, yep. um, just all sorts of crazy theologies and people that want to go their own way, preach what they believe is right versus saying, Hey, Jesus is the Messiah, the son of God, the Holy one, the chosen one. Let's unite around that period. Beyond that, we can still love each other. Come on. As long as we have that. Yeah. Central peace. We can have unity. And, and have the glory of God manifest through that. So reading John 17, yeah. talking about courageously together, how did that like hit in your own kind of like heart? Yeah. Like were there specific um, maybe places where you weren't choosing to be courageously together? <laughs> well, uh, I wouldn't say not choosing to be courageously together, but not knowing how to filter out what are the differences that divide? Yeah, totally. And how do I walk in unity despite differences yes. in belief and mission and calling? Um, so particularly with uh, parents or grandparents or cousins, relatives, anybody yeah. who maybe subscribes to a different set of rituals or, or practices or beliefs that come from their own spiritual authorities and their own church families. Yeah. And, like, kind of actually practicing curiosity in their own lives instead of judging for... Bro, that's such a great word. Like, because I've gone to so many Catholic masses and just, like, judged their practices or their belief based on my own understanding of what I thought was right in the church without actually searching the scriptures first, being like, is this righteous, what they're doing? Yeah. Are, are they unified around Jesus the same way that you are. me or my church is? Yeah. 
and if they are, do, do they do they love God? Can I be, and if so, can I be unified with them? Yes. Um, and I, I think even, even my grandparents before have noticed that tension in me. And wow. they've even sought to like kind of work through that a little bit with me um, and just kind of work with me to be like, hey, we, we love the same God. We, we love righteousness. We love obeying God. That's amazing. And I'm just like, why, why would I be against that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, for me, it was moving to Tulsa. It was the billboards. Yeah. Like where we came from in Colorado, there was no church billboards because people would be like, no. Yeah. <laughs> but there's like 50 of them. And how easy it is to, you know, have just subtle judgments. It's like, I don't know those people. Yeah. Like, who am I to be like, oh, they have a weird gospel. I was like, I don't know. That's yeah. so stupid. Anyway, yeah. that's- I, I really loved your, your kind of piece at Culture Night uh, about just, you know, you need to have relationship before you can, like, start working through those differences oh, totally. and judgments. Yeah, you try and solve women in ministry without having a relationship. Yeah. It's like you don't know why they're doing what they're doing. Or That one class we had, we had a, kind of a half circle, that one through five class. Yeah. And just throwing out controversial topics and having everyone go and stand, like strongly agree, strongly disagree, yeah. neutral. That was so fun. That was fun. Because just, well, why are you a two? And people would be like, am I about to share this? Yeah. A lot of people never thought about things like that before, and they're just like, I, I don't know. Yeah, as I was making that list, I thought through, hey, what is every single thing that we would choose to divide over? Yeah. And let's make, put that on the list, and it was, that was a fun class for me. Yeah, yeah it was fun. Um, I think there's a lot of other ways um, that uh, this, this value kind of manifests, too. Um, another thing that I would add to what Courageously Together is, is practicing vulnerability. And Ooh, confession. Tell me about it. Um, so I feel like uh, I was convicted throughout culture class about not holding back what's been hard or a place of tension okay. from other people, hmm. but being completely honest and vulnerable and just yes. expecting um, God to work through that. Wow. Um, so there, there was either in sumo groups or prayer, whatever it was, there was one night... Um, we had done some worship and I think Robin or somebody had said, well, let's just go pray for each other, get in groups to start praying for each other. And I had had kind of a hard week, um, just not really believing the goodness of God and well, kind well. of down on myself and discouraged. And um, I, I chose not to withhold that from, uh, from Sam, yes. good old Sam. Um, yeah, Sam Patchen. And uh, I, I just kind of, laid it out there this is how I'm really doing Hmm. um and as I was sharing I could see the spirit like in his eyes I could see the spirit of God filling his heart with compassion just for what I was sharing with him rather than like judgment or I can't believe that you yeah would feel that way I can't believe that you like none of that it was pure compassion from God, filling his heart in that moment. And then as soon as he started to pray, just like healing words being spoken from God oh, over me. It's so like, encouraging. I mean, that could 
totally fall under almost any of the values. Yeah. Submitted communication. Authenticity. Authenticity. Like, it could go in a whole bunch of things. Yeah. But the, that concept of courageously together is the risk to be like. Exactly. That, that's what I was convicted about. I want to risk sharing my whole self yeah. with these people in an effort to risk uh, seeking after a true relationship. Hmm. And it's almost like Sam was able to, in some ways, offer you a refreshment of the gospel. Yes. Because when you're offering your whole self, you're not withdrawing it. It's like, oh, the gospel is moving forward right yes. here. Yes. When the Spirit of God lets us work past our fear. Yeah, totally. And risk obeying Him. It's awesome. The Spirit of God comes in and does work. <laughs> All right, well, culture class has ended, and yep. uh, here we are moving forward. So how would you say, like, your relationships uh, have kind of shifted from how you're relating either with family, coworkers, God. Like, how has that like shifted in the last six months? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, earlier what I shared was just filtering my day through expecting to see the glory of God. Days make so much more fun when that's happening. Days so much more fun. I'm filled with so much more hope. Yes. I'm not sharp with people. I'm like, I'm excited about doing life with people every day when I'm expecting to see the glory of God come through unity or through Him pulling up roots or, or other things in, in people's hearts. But Dude, that's awesome, man. Yeah. So if someone wants to jump in... They hear you talking about the relational values, maybe it's a coworker or someone you meet. Uh, what is a starting point that people could take on this week to begin practicing hopeful expectation or courageously together? Yeah. Um, I thought about that earlier and I, I felt um, convicted to share what I've been learning from God out of James okay. recently um, in the value of obedience. Um, this concept of living by faith, yeah, this o- constant obedience, this constant seeking of God to understand His Word and having it planted in our hearts and producing fruit organically in our lives mm-hmm. is paramount to being saved, according to James. Yes, James one, right? Yeah, yeah, totally, man. Like without that practice of living out our faith, yeah. Caring for the poor, mm. loving other believers, especially other believers, not, not just generally random people, but especially the family of God, caring for them. If we don't participate in that work of God and sharing in that glory, sharing in that unity, what faith do we have? Totally, man. It's dead. And just filtering my life through, okay, how can I be in partnership with the spirit of God today Mm. because without obedience, my faith is dead. Mm. And can that type of faith save me? No, according to James. Totally. So you would ask the question, how can I participate in the obedience of what Jesus is doing? Yes. Well, that is a fantastic starting point. Yeah. Like looking at him and it forces the expectation of like, oh, you're moving today. Like, I have to believe that. Yeah. You're on the but throne. It, you're going forward. Mm-hmm. But I, I want to, like, just make clear that it's not like this 
anxiety of like, oh, I have to yeah. produce works today, otherwise God yeah. doesn't love me anymore. Totally. There's this one moment at three o'clock, you got to do it or else. Right. Totally with you. Yeah, it's, it's this holy motivation to, to seek the Lord in my day. God, what are you doing right now, Father? How can I be in partnership with what you want to do today? How can I produce the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith. How can I act on that today? And when he prompts you, obeying that in the moment. Yes. Not being afraid or shrinking back, but, but risking for the glory of God to manifest in your life. Just imagining the church in Tulsa doing that. Like individuals, I was probably 60, 70,000 people are saved in the city. Like if they did that, like if we did that, it's like. Yeah. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> uh, dude, that's awesome, man. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Um, any other last thoughts before we kind of shut this down? No. No, oh, man. All right. Courageously together. Yeah. Hopeful expectation. Uh, well, Grant, man, I really appreciate you. I've really enjoyed the courage you've chosen in your obedience in the last 12 months. And uh, very hopeful for the Lord continuing to orchestrate out your life. So thanks, thanks. for sharing it with me, thanks, man. Thanks, dude. Thanks for having me on the pod. And sharing it with the internet. <laughs> internet, <laughs> we'll see you around. Thanks for joining us, guys. <laughs>